Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Down the block, Andrew John. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Newcastle and one. G'day guys, welcome back to the off-season. Of course, the off-season smack in the middle of the in-season. We were sitting in our Hummerzine the other night and Matty the Waterboy turned to me and said, we should bring back the off-season this week. <laughs> and I said, we sure as fuck should bring back the off-season this week. Bringing in my Laurie Daly, my, who are the, some of the other great 5.8s, my Lockyer, my Sean Rudder, Matty the Waterboy. <laughs> welcome in, brother. What's going on? Hello, Guru. Mate, I've honestly missed this. This was so much fun during the off-season. Obviously, once we kind of kicked off the season, things were a little busy um, with the, the whole country tour and everything like that. Um, and then after that, like, you know, it took a while to get back into routine. But I think now that we're in routine, um, there was an opportunity to, to bring this back, and it's a lot of fun. So I'm, I'm pretty excited. For those of you joining into your first episode of the off-season, this is for the true... Rugby League diehard, the true rugby league absolute dribbler, where me and Maddie get stuck into depths that probably shouldn't be dove into in rugby league. And uh, we did it during the off season. Favorite jerseys, most underrated. Like we just went through absolutely everything. We had uh, Jackson Hastings, another rugby league tryhard, diehard, everything under the sun, who came and joined us as well. That was fantastic. But Maddie, I think we might find a little sweet spot here and try and resurrect this every week or two what do you reckon yeah i absolutely love to um we should we should definitely make it part of the the weekly routine because it's just it's just a dribbler's dream really and that's and that's all we are and i guess that's what most of the listeners are it's just the things you love things you talk about with your mates and that's what we're doing once again for those that are new uh to the off season this entire show was born out of every sunday morning i'd wake up and i'd have a text (laughs) from maddie at 3am saying hey who was the best left winger with a right-hand carry that wore a headgear? And I just thought, <laughs> fuck, he's had a big evening. And every single Sunday morning, there'd be a new random question. So we thought we'd go through those questions that you ask at the pub in the early, early hours of Trouble O'Clock and uh, go through all those. So very exciting. So keen to have this back, a bit more of a relaxed chat. And in and coming it- weeks, like we, we only came up with this idea as we left the Monday show yesterday. So if there's any topics no matter how ridiculous they are like best headgear players ever no matter what it is 
Maybe just leave a comment and we'll, uh, we'll go through them and that's what we'll do next time. The weirder, the stupider, the better. 100%. We're all here for it. Real pub chat. So, obviously, we've got State of Origin 2 kicking off tomorrow night up there from Suncorp. Sudden death game for the New South Wales Blues. And part of me thought, oh, me and Matty could just do a preview of the game. But to be perfectly honest with you, uh, as you guys know, I don't have a team. But New South Wales is my team. And that's when I'm at my absolute most bias. Matty, obviously, bleeds blue as well. So, I thought, is there any point us even doing a preview? I mean... Everything that you need on the previews on the the Bloke Monday show yesterday and also the podcast that you do. So it'd just be rinse and repeat, I think. Yeah, 100%. So we thought we'd do something a little bit different. We're going to go through our most underrated players of all time in State of Origin. So we're going to go New South Wales and Queensland, go position by position and name one player each. Before we do get into that, Matty, can you show the crowd your fantastic T-shirt that you're rocking? It is. I found this a couple of months ago. Yeah. And then I had it in my room and uh, my wife came out with holding it. And she goes, what the fuck is this? And I went, oh, that's not mine. And she goes, no shit, it's not yours. It's a small. And I went, yeah, thank you. Didn't need that little drive by there, but that's fine. That's Maddie the Waterboys. And she's like, why are you dressing Maddie the Waterboy? I go, it's a Waterboy shirt, Bobby Boucher. She didn't appreciate it. But when I gave it to Maddie at Magic Crown, yeah, looked I, like Luna Park over there. I appreciate it. I loved it. And... Everyone in the Caxton Hotel loved it as well. It was I got a lot of ah, and um, it's a good shirt. I like I wear I wear it way more than I like to admit. It's a winner. I like it. How good! All right, most underrated players of all time. We're going to go position by position. We're going to name a New South Welshman and a two-headed Queenslander for each one. We're going to kick off at fullback. Maddie, do you want to do the honors? Where, where do you want to start us, mate? We'll start with with Blues. I just before we start, obviously the word underrated is extremely mm. fluid. That's what we spoke about as we came in. And there's a thousand different types of ways to define underrated. And there's obviously a thousand different interpretations of underrated. So just bear with us. Um, Not every criteria of underrated is the same for each player. Um, But we'll kind of disclaim and explain that as we go. And I've just run the numbers on my ones. Uh, Of the 1,000 ways to interpret underrated, I think I've nailed 999 of them. So brace yourself. We'll explain it before each one. Yeah, Matty, kick us off. Well, I'll start off with Blues fullback, I guess. Mm. Now, I've gone with a guy that... um, It should also be noted, we have not told each other. Haven't told each other. What our picks are. So there might be some similars here. I think there will be. Yeah, I'm sure there will be. Go, Matty. Um, So Blues fullback, I've gone for a guy that... Unfortunately, he's probably known for a couple of really bad or forgettable origin moments. Um, Brett Hodgson. Now, the first one, probably not as serious as the other one. A bit funny when Gordon Tallis ragdolled him out. Um, you know, that'll be replayed forever and ever. And the second one, 2006, when unfortunately he was the one that threw that uh, loose intercept when Lockyer scored. And yes, it was to win the game and to win the series, but also is to kickstart the dynasty as we live in hindsight. So very, very unfortunate for Brett Hodgson, but like Brett Hodgson was an incredible player for the Eels and for the Tigers. And he had one of the great origin debuts, one of the best origin debuts ever. I'll, I'll, I'll read you some numbers. So I think he was playing for Para at the time. This was in 2002 when he, yeah, when he debuted. Yeah. He ran for 390 meters, 390 meters. He, Which, to the equivalent nowadays, Maddie, like oh, the high 300s, they're rare, rare, but they do happen occasionally. Yeah. Back then, unheard never, of. I never. reckon 390 in 2002 is the equivalent of close to 500 sure. now. Yeah, ridiculous. Unbelievable. 14 tackle breaks, 
six line breaks. Six line breaks, a try and a try assist. Uh, converted, I think he got a conversion as well. Blues won 32 to four, but it was actually Andrew Johns that got man of the match this night. Wow. <laughs> Which is kind of ridiculous. And for those younger viewers who might not remember Brett Hodgson or might not be aware of him, like when, when we're talking about six line breaks, this is a guy that was built like a toothpick. Oh, mate, he's tiny. Wasn't overly strong, wasn't hard to handle, was just quick, and his awareness to put himself in the right spots was second to none, Brett Hodgson. So, yeah. And unfortunately, he is remembered for those low points. But, geez, the high points of his career, as far as State of Origin debut, the West Tigers don't fire a shot in 2005 without Brett Hodgson. Yeah, 100%. He was tremendous for them. So as much as that pass keeps me awake at night, the Gordon Tallis one, realistically, that could have happened to any fullback ever. That could yeah, have happened sure. to Teddy. For sure, 100%. Like, there's so that's there's just, nothing in that that's one. That's kind of funny, that one. It is kind of funny, yeah. yeah. Some of the greatest commentary of all time. That's <laughs> all right, I that's Tullis. a podium finish for Rabsy. That was unreal. Um, but yeah, the, the pass is obviously the one that probably haunts yeah. Brett Hodgson, myself, Maddie, and everyone that bleeds blue. A tough one, but Brett Hodgson, very underrated. I like that one, Maddie. Yeah, yeah. My you New got- South Welshman. Now, your New South Welshman debuted game, game one, 2002. My New South Welshman debuted game one, 2003. Right. And it is the Count, Anthony Minicello. Oh, yes. Uh, I'm a huge Minicello fan, uh, as you as I've told many times on podcasts and whatnot. I grew up going to the SFS every weekend, literally just as Minnie's career started. And just watching watching the way that Minnie he, he sort of he changed the way that fullbacks played. And around that time everyone talks about Darren Lockyer, Carmichael, these sort of guys, how they changed the game with their ball playing and everything, which they did hundred percent, but Anthony Minicello, when he made the transition to fullback, which shout out to Ricky Stewart. Uh, they won the 2002 Premiership. Luke Phillips was the fullback. Uh, he retired at the end of that year, and the Roosters went into 03 as Premiership favourites, had to pick a new fullback, and it came down to two names, Justin Hodges or Anthony Minicello. And uh, Ricky Stewart made the decision to go with Anthony Minicello, who uh, was the golden boot winner only two years later. Oh, so a huge call there by Ricky Stewart. And obviously the career of Anthony Minicello was derailed by a, a shocking back injury that just fucked him for... About four years, maybe? Four or five oh, years? And the rest, yeah. yeah. Like even when he came back, he was he was never the guy that he was at the start. Mm. That Minicello from 03 to 05, I genuinely think it's one of the best... I think it's right up there with the best three-year stretches of a fullback ever. I feel... I think... I don't know this... For sure. I'm 90% sure. I think for a while and maybe to this day, he was the only guy to win the golden boot for a team that didn't play the finals. Yeah, pretty the, the sure. The Roosters missed the eight that the year. The missed the eight in 05. So I think I th- maybe it's been broken now, especially because there's a lot of international focus now. But yeah. back then when the golden boot was like the genuine best player in the world, um, yeah, he, he set that record for a while. Incredible. And that was in his third year of playing fullback yeah when he when he was a winger he wasn't a fullback he was a winger and just transitioned and as i said the way that mini changed the game is that you go back and, and if you go back and you watch footy from the early 2000s your halfbacks your five eights they used to kick to a corner and we call it a 10-man chase where there is the guy that plays the ball the dummy half and the kicker there's three guys gone that means there's 10 more guys in the field and you see it nowadays most chases are 10-man chases back then it used to be a five you would just lead with that side the other side would take a bit of a breather getting down there and you'd umbrella your, your defense keep in the corner until anthony minicello came along maddie and he would go pinball 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 and if you didn't have a 10-man there yeah minicello would make you pay for it yeah 
And it, re- it honestly did ch- – and if you have a look from when Minicello debuted and those first few years, he literally chased how teams had to kick chase because you had to go with a 10-man now. You could not go a five-man and put them in that corner because they couldn't contain Minicello. Mm. Those early years of him playing for the Roosters against Canterbury in particular, he always had huge games against the Doggies. Mate, the amount of tackle breaks he would he would get through, he would be a super coach fucking weapon, Minicello. Those Roosters Dogs games from the early 2000s are some of the best viewing you'll ever see. They're, they're, it's so good when Fox League bring them back. Yeah. And you, and you can just watch like those um, like 30 minute versions of them. And you know, oh, the great. best thing about those games is when you go back and watch them from like 01 to about 04, if you're someone that wasn't, you know, into footy or old enough to remember it, you then watch those games, you go, oh, I realize why they let Thurston go. Yeah. Because they yeah, were fucking stacked and they amazing. didn't need him realistically. Obviously, in hindsight, it's an easy call to bag Canterbury for it, but wow. But Anthony Mercello came in, made his origin debut in 2003, game one, uh, scored two tries, came back in game two, scored another try there. So three tries in two games. The Blues won that series. 04, uh, he plays two games, uh, but then 05, which was a really big one. Obviously, it's remembered for Joey Johns and his... Incredible game too, but fuck, Anthony Minichello in that game. He scored two tries, collected one off the sticks, yeah, came off his right foot one. another. Oh, that first try was just ridiculous. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And I remember I, I had Minnie on the podcast and he literally, he said, Joey sort of said to him, I'm hitting the sticks here. You be there. <laughs> oh, they were standing goosebumps. on fucking halfway. Unbelievable. That gives you goosebumps, man. And when, and when you go back and watch 05, you sort of, you, you look at the combination that Minnie and Joey had and you straight away think, oh, you know, they, they would have played so much footy together. They hadn't. Mm. They hadn't played any footy together. You look back, they, they played in 03 together, but they didn't play in 04. So when they ran out in game two, that was their third or fourth game together. And it looked like they'd been together forever. Mm. Pretty special for Anthony Minicello during that period. He was either always paired up with Freddie or Joey. Unbelievable. The best. Yeah. Queenslander, who you got for us? Mate, Queensland was a little different from New South Wales because I guess you could say a lot. a lot of the people from the eight in a row team would be considered underrated because of the the freaks like Thurston, Smith, yeah. Cronk, Slater, Inglis, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> so I've gone for someone who was an absolute, absolute freak, didn't have the longest career, in fact, had a really short career, but managed 10 origins. Uh, Carmichael Hunt, one of the greats. Um, he played in 10 origins. The last few, they were on the bench, but the first six of the first seven were at fullback. It was the early kind of the early start of that dynasty. Um, man, I wish he stayed in NRL. Imagine imagine Carmichael Hunt. Like Obviously, he, he achieved a lot playing in three different codes. But imagine if he stayed at the Broncos and, and Queensland forever. He, he just would have been a mainstay of that team somewhere. Um, Take a wild guess who my fullback was. Carmichael Hunt? Yep. Great. Great. And yeah, I've said it a number of times, and I always stand by it. Carmichael... I think, as I said before, we credit a lot of the fullback position being changed to Darren Lockyer. Bro, Carmichael was the one that started it. <clears throat> Talk about Darius Boyd and these guys that when it's a three on two, they're the, the guys that you want in that spot. Carmichael was the absolute king of it. His passing game, his kicking game, his kick return game was like nothing we'd ever seen before. If anything, it was probably detrimental to him, his football and his health. But good God, he was tough as nails, Carmichael. And... As Matty said, it wasn't around for the longest period. And when we're talking about Carmichael and what he achieved and everything, you've got to remember that at the absolute peak of that, he was 23, 24. Mm. So for the vast majority of that, he's 20, 21, 
fucking unbelievable. And still to this day, you know, the only guy to keep Billy Slater out of that Queensland side. Yeah. It was a game where they bench Slater to start Carmichael. So, mate, you, you, I, well, I've said it a number of times. I think that if he would have stayed in rugby league, he would have... He would have either been the fullback or the five eight for the Queensland Maroons for a long time. Mm. He would have been in that team without a doubt. You gotta you gotta think about that by that time, Darren Lockyer, he eventually would have retired. Carmichael Hunt would have become the main guy at the Brisbane Broncos, which means he would have been at the, in that Queensland Maroons side that was so successful they wouldn't have changed it. For me, I think Carmichael leaving, if he would have stayed, it completely fucks one of the careers of Billy Slater, yep. Thurston or Cronk. Yeah. One of them just doesn't get into that team for as long as they did. And that sounds crazy, but if you go back and watch Carmichael Hunt's first few games, come back and tell me that he wouldn't have stayed in that team. Yeah. I, I suspect that maybe if I was going to pick one, maybe Cronk. Maybe Cronk, he would have got that. If Slater was like absolutely murdering it, he might have got that bench spot and then naturally gone into that 5-8 spot. Well, I think even if Slater wasn't mur- like. Carmichael has to be somewhere. Yeah. Absolute worst case scenario, he's the 14. Yeah. But if he was the six, I think they'd pick Thurston on the bench. If he was the one, I think they'd pick Slater on the bench. So, yeah, I I tend to agree with you. I think Cooper would have been the one to miss. But, fuck, it would have been interesting when the time come then, when they they had to have a half back there. Do you go with Cronk or Thurston? Absolutely. Isn't it wild that you you strip it back and think that that eight-in-a-row team – Lost Carmichael Hunt and Israel Foyer. Yeah, it's just it's just not fair. If we had Carmichael, it wouldn't have been eight in a row. Yeah, for sure. I'm I'm so confident in saying that, and they managed to lose him. And with all due respect to Carmichael, it didn't matter, despite how fucking good he was. Ridiculous, unbelievable. Ridiculous. Yeah, big big loss of the game he was when he when huge. He left. It was massive. Um, okay, let's talk wingers, mate. Yep. Do you Who do you want to kick us off with? Uh, well, let's go Blues. Let's go Blues. Um, yeah. For the wing, I've gone one of my favourite players ever. Not not so much for on the field. Like obviously, I liked him on the field as well. But I, I've had a lot. I had a lot to do with him in New South Wales rugby league. Got to know him, Matt King. Um, bit of a story about Matt King, and like it's this is public domain, so it's fine. He was he quit rugby league in two thousand two. He just lost interest, and then he started doing garbage runs, started bartending, just just not interested in the game and just kind of, I think in his words, he kind of maybe went off the rails a little bit. Then I think he decided to give another crack in 2003. And then Craig, you know, met Craig Bellamy. He got signed by Melbourne and within two years he was playing for the blues. Like he was, he went from literally doing casual work, not interested in in footy to play state of origin. Obviously 2005 is known as the, the Joey the Joey series. And Joey probably should have won the Wally Lewis medal. But it was Matt King that won the player of the series. Did he win it, did he? He won. He won the wow. series. Let me let me let me double Google that, but I'm next to sure he he won. He scored a hat trick in the last game. Um he was unbelievable. Well, whilst you are Googling that, I, I think it needs to be remembered with Matt King. And I've never heard that story about him essentially giving rugby league away. That's wild. But when he did come into first grade, he was so rough around the edges, it mm. was not even funny. I remember watching him in the very early parts of his career and sort of thinking, huge potential, but geez, he's got a lot of things to sort out. And I reckon that two-year period between, you know, really bursting on the scene for Melbourne and playing Origin, he worked on his craft so fucking hard and just eliminated all these little errors, positional plays, all this sort of stuff. Geez, he turned out to be a great player. I'll never forget 
Uh, was it the fights? Do, who do you have a stink with, Matt? He had a, did he have oh, a stink in a kangaroos in game? The, in the, for Australia. With Manu, was it? Manu Vatavai? Oh, let's, I'll Google it. I'll Someone. Google. Was that um, was that Wally Lewis medal thing correct? Okay, so Minicello won the Wally Lewis medal, but Matt King won the Brad Fittler medal. Brad Fittler. So the yeah. New South Wales player of the series. I'll never forget that, that origin play he had where he was going over the sideline and he threw it back over his head. It might have even been Minicello that he threw that ball to. But yeah, he had a stink one was, night. Oh, yeah. I think it might have been Badiris. Bedsy, that's who it was. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, it was Bedsy. Um, yeah, he, he had a stink one night. I want to say Mount Smart Stadium 2006 or seven. Yep. I want to say it was. And he had a stink with Manu Vatavai. And fuck, they went at it. I'm, I think I'm looking at it now. Imagine, oh, no, that's the wrong one. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Yeah. No, um, he, he was a great player, player yeah. he, He's awesome. And he, he turned out turned out to – he went through the – you know, had a good career. Came back for the Rabbitohs at the nines, actually, and scored the oh, that's right, scored yeah. the winning try in in a golden try grand final um, against the Sharks. What year was that? Was that fifteen? Two thousand fifteen. Yep. Isn't that mad that you brought back Lottie Takiri and you brought back Maddie King? Maddie King. Yep. That's oh, it was awesome. Um, and then he became the or he was on the coaching staff of the Rabbitohs and then to the Roosters. I, is he still at the Roosters? I think. I, he, I want to say he is still at the Roosters, but yeah. I'm not 100% on that. Yeah, he, but, He's not part of the Blues system now, is he? No, he used to be. He yeah. was He was the 20s coach, I think, and okay. I was I was in the camp that year, and he was bloody awesome. Um, no shot. Knows, yeah, he's a very smart guy. He knows what he's talking about. Um, so, yeah, and just honestly, one of the best blokes you'll ever meet in your life. So. He always comes across to look like an absolute champion. Oh, he's, a, he's awesome. He's absolutely awesome. All right, my pick is a guy that um, you probably when, when you, I think when you first think about this guy, you probably don't think um, winger, but he actually played every single one of his state of origin games on the wing. And Maddie, he this guy only played five origins mm-hmm. for New South Wales. He scored four tries and he went undefeated in all five games, which is a pretty pretty rare thing to do to win all your origins when you play five of them yeah is a pretty good knock um he, he was always a fullback at clubland have you got any idea i have no idea always a fullback at clubland won a number of comps in the early 90s made a move to a sydney club uh in 2002 and won a comp with the roosters on the wing brett mullins oh i should have got that one. yeah so mullo played he only played five origins which well blew me away yeah, really I'd surprised me more than that um, two games in 1994, they won both of them. And then in the 1996 series, he played three games, scored three tries. So he actually played 94, didn't play 95, then played in 96. They were the only five games of State of Origin that the Green Greyhound ever played. Brett Mullins scored four tries and won five from five. I, I very highly doubt there would be a Blues player. There might not even be a Maroons player, realistically, that has played five games and not lost a game. Mm. Very rare. Yeah, that's – as Dan like, likes to speak about, and he's 100% right, the eight-in-a-row thing has kind of warped everyone a little bit. If yeah. you take that away, which I know you obviously can't, but if you do take that away for the sake of the argument, it's basically one in, one out, 50-50. So to win – to play five games and win all of them is is pretty fantastic. But you even have a look at that Queensland Maroons, eight-in-a-row, the dominance. Like, that team at no point won five games in a row. No, nah, you're right. There was only one whitewash in the yeah, whole – one in, whitewash. In all 11 of 12 series that they won in that 12-year period, there was only one whitewash. Yeah, it's wild. So to win five origins – and you've got to remember as well, like, it's not like it was – oh, like, it was obviously a dominant Blues team, but 94 and 96, Queensland won in 95. You know what? I'm going to throw another one at you. 
He actually played two Super League Origins and won both of those as well. Did he really? So he's seven from seven. Fucking hell, Brett Mullins. <laughs> that, now that is God. definitely a record. That's unreal, yeah. Very underrated player, Brett Mullins, I, didn't I think, know just he only in general. played that, like, let's call it five Origins. Yeah, it's I, crazy. I he played more than that because, yeah. Well, I guess, like, Tim Brasher would have had his spot. Andrew Eddinghausen would yeah, have had Brasher it for a while. Yeah, I think Brasher played about 11 games. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, it, yeah. Obviously, Origins is very tough to make, but I would have thought that Brett Mullins in that Canberra side uh, with the versatility that he had, I, I thought he would have shit into a lot more Origins. Maybe there's injury suspensions, things that played a role. I'm not sure. But, sorry, uh, Brasher played 21 games. I really went unders on that Who's one. that, sorry? Brasher. I said yeah. Brasher played 11. He actually played 21. I went unders there. Yeah, it's time. Timmy Brasher. And I think, I think the second most capped... New South Welshman of all time is Andrew Eddinghausen. He had like 27 games or something. Yeah, yeah. It's wild. I, I actually sat at the pub with the weekly rubdown boys a few weeks ago and we were talking. I said to him, I, I knew it was AT and I thought, oh, this would be interesting to see if they were able to pick who played the second most origins. I gave him 15 guesses and they didn't get AT. Really? Yeah, so it's interesting. I think well, he's a guy we'll, I'll mention soon as underrated, I think, AT. But yeah, uh, Brett Mullins, definitely right up there with the very best of them for me. My Queensland... Actually, who's your Queensland winger? I've got two options here that I'm happy to go with either. Who you got? I just stole Timmy's one from yesterday and went with Adam Mogg. It's one of my two names, yeah. So yeah, all right, let's talk about him. Let's yeah. talk about that debut. Mogg Dog. What was that, 05, 06? 06, I think it was. 06. Uh, let me let me confirm that. But um, Out of absolutely fucking nowhere. nowhere. Took, so he took... Pretty sure he, from memory, he took Inglis' spot because Inglis was injured. So it was 2000 and... Yeah, 2006 game two. So he debuts on the wing and scores two tries. Obviously, it was a very different time. Like, no, like we had social media, but it wasn't as big as what it is now. The internet, it, we didn't have all as much access to information as we do now. But I remember when Adam Mogg got selected, it wasn't, he's a bolter. It's, oh, he's a Queenslander? Yeah. yeah. Like, no one had any idea whatsoever where Adam Mogg had come from, what his story was. And I reckon the vast majority of Queenslanders could have tripped over Adam Mogg in the nation's capital and had no idea who he was. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. But in typical... Absolute Queensland. Fucking Queensland fashion, Ridiculous. Adam Mogg comes out and looks like an immortal all of a sudden. And he's not even a winger. He, like, he played centre most played of his career. Yeah. Absolutely killed it. God, he was good in that series. Yeah. That's a great shout, Matty. I love that. The Mogg dog. I and, thought he would get a feature. And he's the... Um, he was pretty old when he debuted as well. Yeah, he wasn't young. Yeah. Yeah. Very good player out of Mog. Um, my pick, mate, I had Mog and then my other one, which which would be my first one anyway, the great Matty Singh. I was thinking about Matty Singh as well. Yeah. I love Matty Singh. Oh, absolutely love him. Um, started his career at the Penrith Panthers, went yep. to the Roosters, yep. made his way up to the Cowboys. Cowboys is probably where he made his name. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's interesting. You talk about like great combos of players that go from one club to another. Um, you know, obviously Phil Gould and Brad Fittler left Penrith in the mid-90s to go to the Roosters and they took Matt Singh with them. Mm. And there's a clip on YouTube if you can find it. It's, it's a highlights package of all the – all the tries that it was Brad Fittler to Matt Singh, and fuck, there's a lot of them. <laughs> and God, there's some good ones there from their Penrith days to their Roosters days. Uh, he then went up to the North Queensland Cowboys. And for me, the standout moment would be the, uh, I want to say the 04 prelim final, Matty, against the Bulldogs. Matty yep. Singh scores three tries. He jumps over Matt Utai. Was it the prelim final? or Maybe it was the first week of the finals. They played Canterbury. It was week... Qualifying final, yeah. So week one of the finals. Yeah, week one so of the finals. So sort of Hattie. 
Yeah, scored a hat-trick just jumping over Matt Utai. Uh, and look, scored a lot of tries. Matt Singh, I don't have his stats up in front of me, but one thing that stats don't tell you he's is He's got 159 tries. tries in 275 games. 159 tries for a guy that I think is the is the best winger ever at saving tries. Yeah, there you go. So Incredible. So double it. Yeah, uh, just unbelievable Matt like, Singh. And 159 tries, that, he'd be on the top 10 list. Like, yep. that's very, very high. Unbelievable. Crazy. Yeah, Matty Singh, what a champion. He was good for Queensland. I remember this one game he he had a oh, he had a bad broken jaw one game. I'll never forget. But yeah, he was he was awesome. I, I really, really liked him as a player. Eric, and, and, and he went to Super League as well and played another <laughs> freaking fifty games there. So he, yeah. he ended up with well over three hundred games if you count everything. Such a good player, Matty Singh. And apparently a legend too. Great yeah. on the beers. All right, let's move to center, mate. Uh, we'll start with New South Wales, as we always should. Yep. I've got one uh, that played during a period that was pretty tough, but I always thought he was one of our best players. Okay. Have you got the same guy by any chance? I don't, but I think I know who you're talking yeah. about. Well, my one, I've gone for Michael Jennings. Oh, I was, I was thinking Josh Morris. Okay. I, I think jo- jo- Josh Morris is a fantastic shout, mate, but I He's always thought... Yeah. <laughs> I always thought Jennings, he never got that much attention and mm. there was times where he picked him out of reserve grade. But, mate, he would just show up every single year in Origin, whether he was at the Roosters, Penrith, Par- like wherever he was, wherever he was picked from, reserve grade, didn't matter. I always felt like Jennings always had a red-hot crack. Yeah, He's obviously lightning quick and everything, but what always impressed me in the Origin round was just how fucking tough he was. Mm. He just went at the game Every single time he played, he was one of the few guys we picked in that eight in a row. Every time I went, okay, we're okay there. Yeah, we might. He there might be a better player marking him, but I know that Jenko will hold his own. Yeah, he always did in the Origin Arena, and by far and away, my favourite moment was it Brent Tate that he jumped over the top and fucking Tekken just punched him in mate, the side of the just head. Out of just fucking bang, it loved was it. so good. Fucking loved it. So uncalled it for, was but such a dog it. shot. Such a dog <laughs> shot, but I was so into it. it so fucking into the it. The most worthy sin bit in Origin history. Yeah, it, it was, was the best. Awesome. But it was honestly like a game of Tekken. He yeah. just emerged over the top. Yeah. So fucking good. I absolutely love Jenko. My favourite Jenko moment would be his final game when actually Teddy's debut in 2016 when... The series was done. It was 2-0 down. We went back to Sydney to, to play the dead rubber. And the Blues were down, I think, 18... No, 14-12. Because the score was 18-14. So I'm going to say 14-12. With like a minute or so to go. Teddy goes down the sideline. His debut gets tackled. Ball gets flung out to Jennings, who goes step, step, bang. Scores the match winner in his final game. That's when Woodsy ran over, jumped over the top and oh, to, right. to no one. Um you're right. I didn't think of Jennings, but that's an extremely good shout because I'll never forget during that eight in a row, he would always be one of our top players. Always. Or, or certainly one of our most threatening players. Yeah, and I think I think Josh Morris, as you said, is a really good shout, but I think Josh Morris is part of Origin folklore forever. Yeah, Josh Morris is so well-respected. Yeah. But I just think Jenko, it's, and obviously, you know, Jennings' career didn't end in a fantastic fashion, but um, I just think whenever he wore sky blue, he was tremendous for us and yeah. so reliable in the Origin arena. I agree. That's a really good shout. Who'd you have? I miss, I miss Jennings. He was, he was bloody awesome. I got one that isn't underrated by me or you. Certainly, certainly not Dennis. Certainly not Timmy. Um, so maybe slightly controversial because there's so much recency bias. People would be like, he's not fucking underrated. But I, I promise you when, you know, time goes on, this guy at centre will be underrated. Jack Whiten. Oh, like seriously, everyone remembers, everyone knows Jack Wyden as this absolute 
fucking ripper and terror who's built for origin. But <coughs> when he played center for the Blues, now I know that maybe in the 2020 series when he played center, he didn't have the best series. But like, let's not forget. I know you can't write the series off, but that was at the, it. Was at the end of the year. Like there was just so many circumstances. So like just ignoring that one for a for, for 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 a quick moment. He debuted in 2019. Came off the bench. Threw an intercept. We lost the game. That could destroy anyone. Freddie says, nah, you're in my team next game and you're my center. Game two over in Perth, the plan was to, what was the plan? It was like to get to fifth and then just kick, kick, like kick, kick to the corner, whatever. It was like a really like basic, simple plan. On third tackle in the first set, Jack Wyden gets the ball, kicks it straight at Ponga and just sprints at him, absolutely destroys him. And Joey at halftime said to him, mate, mate, what are you doing? And Jack Wyden said, I just, I felt like I just had to do it. I just had to get into the game. Just those are the little moments that, that you absolutely love. He killed it at center then, he killed it at center for game three, but most, the, the best game at center he had was game one last year, which unfortunately ended up being his final game. Um, I wish I wish Jack Wyden didn't retire from rep footy. I don't know if, you know, I don't know where he wouldn't have played at center. Or I mean, actually, he I think would've. he would have. Actually, he definitely would have played at center because yeah. Latrell's out. He would have played game one and game two left center for sure. Yeah, you're right. I, what a silly thing to say. Yeah. So I reckon as time goes on, he's going to be forgotten as one of our gun centers. No, I completely agree, mate. And I think that I loved about Jack White when he was playing Origin. Uh, and to be honest with you, when Jack White first made the move to 5'8", I wasn't a huge fan of it. I didn't think he'd be able to do it. Yeah. I still think there's a lot of gaps in his game as a 5'8", but. The one thing you can't question with Jack Whiten is that he just wants blood every single time. For sure. And for I'll sure. tell you what, as soon as Liam Martin stepped on the field in game one for the Blues, and I just saw a couple of things he did, whether it be his kick chase, just the way that he hits, the way that he takes the ball forward, I straight away went, fuck. Imagine if we had Liam Martin and Jack Whiten on that left edge. Yeah. Oh, Two just out-and-out out origin guys. Yeah. Would have been perfect. And that's the greatest compliment you can give to Jack Whiten. I don't think he's a fantastic 5'8", but he's a fucking good footballer and he's an origin player. He's a perfect origin player. Crazy. 100%. Like, be like, like, I'm sure Greg Bird's now get mentioned later. Be like Greg Bird. You bet just, your dick Greg Bird's going to get mentioned later. <laughs> just built for origin. Yeah. Um, I already miss Jack Whiten and he's coming to my fucking club next year. Yeah. But I miss him in origin. Oh, Fuck, man. it's going to be good to see him at South. Now, Queensland, um, this one is probably my, my, my most controversial because I've called it underrated, even though he's absolutely not underrated. He's one of the best players of all time. But I think a lot of, a lot of these listeners here would be, you know, 20s, 30s, like not so much, you know, 1980s footy. So, and when you think of like great centres and great origin plays, you think of what? Greg Inglis, Mal Meninga, like even like Justin Hodges, um, the Pearl. But if you, like Queensland absolutely dominated the series in the 1980s. Oh, yeah. Sorry, Origin in the 1980s. And one of their best players was Gene Miles. And I, and I know you can't call Gene Miles underrated, but I think a lot of people would barely know how good he was yeah. because he's just not put in that same category as like Mal Meninga and all that. So I'm not calling him underrated because I'm sure people, you know, a bit older would listen to this and think, what the fuck? He wasn't underrated. But people our age who've barely even heard of him don't know how important Gene Miles was to origin. Didn't get to watch him play, but just hearing about how other people, 
used to watch him and other people that played with him. Um, like I heard Gordy Tallis talking about him uh, on the Bloke podcast the other day. And, you know, it was because of that I actually went back and, and had a look at his highlights and learn more about him. But I'll yeah. tell you a little yarn about Gene and Gene Miles. So yeah. I had um, on the podcast last year, I had Martin Fire on. Now, for those of you that don't know Chariots, Martin Fire, uh, he was from the Super League. I think he's one of the fastest players to ever play our game. Uh, played late 80s, early 90s. Um, an unbelievable try-scoring record over there in the English Super League. Came to the NRL a couple of times. Uh, played with the Roosters. I think he might have played with the Dragons too. Did, did reasonably well out here. Showed what he could do. But it was for England and in the Super League where he did his best work. There's a there's a famous semi-final one year where he scores 10 tries in a game. And that's a semi-final of the Fucking Super hell. League, right? And you saw, when I remember talking to Martin Afire, and you know, he, he played a, a gazillion games as well. Just played so much footy around the world and everything. And I remember uh, I said to him, you know, if you're playing on the wing and you need someone inside you from all time, who would it be? And he rattled off this list of, you know, Inglises and all these guys. He goes, but the one for me, without a doubt, would be G Miles. Yeah. I knew if he ever got the ball and he was one-on-one, I was about to score a try. There you go. 100%. Yeah. And I, um, yeah. I, was read, I was reading all about it about him yesterday and, you know, looking at the very limited clips I could find, but the way people spoke about him, he, he was just so important to that to that reign in the in the late 80s or just the whole 80s itself. Yeah, I think he was part of the 82 and 86 kangaroo tour as well, like some of the greatest of all time, Jay Molson, as you said. Kept Mal out of Kangaroos teams at different points. So, yeah. uh, incredible player, Gene Miles. And obviously a guy that me and Matty weren't old enough to be able to enjoy live. Um, so, if there is anyone in the comments that was old enough to watch his career, please leave us some thoughts in the comments because you guys would know more than we would. But I think that's a great shout, mate. Um, my centre. And this will be a controversial one because he played 17 Origins, but he only played two games at centre. But I couldn't fit him into the other positions that I wanted to, that he played. And I wanted to feature this guy somewhere. Tony Carroll. Ah, Tons nice. Of. As I said, 17 games, only two at centre, could play everywhere. Uh, part of that eight in a row, obviously. A tremendous player, Tony Carroll. Looked like every bad guy out of every cartoon I've ever seen, Tunza. One of the greats. Uh, but fuck, good God he could play. And he was such a pain in the ass for New South Welshman. Wherever they'd put him, I think it was his... First origin, I, th- I think he scored the match-winning try coming off the bench. Yep, um, yep, 98. Yeah, wrapped around. I think it was Kevy Walters and scored there. Unbelievable. Played origin all the way until 2007. So 17 games he played, came off the bench, played centre, played lock, played in the back row, did it all. Only two games at centre, but I I had other back rowers in front of him. I had other locks in front of him, but I had to give tons of a feature in there somewhere. And probably for the younger generations, you might not remember Tony Carroll, but the one thing you probably do remember is the night that he need was a Tony, Tony Dilla had us. Yeah, great, great clip. I was there. looking at live. I was up that in was the South game, wasn't it? South Broncos, yeah, up in, yeah, up at Suncorp. Yeah, um, still one of the funniest things ever. Yeah, um, I didn't know he played centre at Origin level. Actually, yeah, uh, he played a bit of centre. Could play between him and Sean Berrigan. Yeah. They could play anywhere from fullback to fucking front row any given week for Brisbane or Queensland. Sean Berry going to be getting a mention later. Yeah. I, my word. My. <laughs> just depends what position you want to exactly. mention him at. But yeah, another one you could have picked out centre and I would have gone, that's a great fucking yeah, shout. Absolutely. Mate. But yeah, tons. I picked him at centre because I couldn't fit him in in the other spots, but uh, one of the greats, one of my favourites ever. Tell you what, that 98 series where he scored that match winner, 
go back and watch the highlights of all three of those games. It's one of the great... Unfortunately, Queensland won, but it's one of the great Origin series. It was obviously after Super League, so everyone yeah. kind of came back together. And it was just... Like, think, think about how rare it would be for us to go up to Suncorp and win and then, then them to come back to Sydney and win. Like, it was, I think it was the only Origin series where all three away teams won. Yeah. And I think Lockie had a, had a kick to win to win one. Yeah, it was just, I think, I think it might have been that game one, actually. Yeah, quite uh, possible. Yeah. yeah, so go back and watch that 98 series. One of the greats. And when you talk about, like, some of the great ball players ever, how, like, they all had their bodyguard. Yeah. You want to talk about Darren Lockie's bodyguard? He's Kevin Costner. Yeah. TC, Tony oh, Carroll. mate. Just the way he absolutely, he just, he was so brutal in defense. He was brutal. Oh, so good. I've, you're right. He just, <laughs> he just, he just looks like a cartoon character on yeah. that field. But yeah, he looks like someone you don't want to mess with. He, he looks like he'd like dominate the world and have a red button to end it at any yeah, given for moment. Sure. Yeah. He always reminded me of, um, I forget the name of the fella, but the guy that um, Crash Bandicoot always went head to head with. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Fucking dead ringer. Absolute dead ringer. End head or whatever his name was. Um, all right, let's move to five eights. Yep. I've got a feeling we both might have the same New South Welshman. I've got a feeling. Um, I go- don't. I picked a bit of a roughie. Okay. My 5'8 uh, is a guy that uh, I just think he's – I think he's well-respected, but I don't think he's held at the heights that he should be. Mm. And I think when he came in to play Origin, uh, he just represented everything that is Origin. It's it's about going out, getting punched in the face, reacting to it, not getting bogged down in mistakes, just getting on with the next job. And for <laughs> me, mate, James Maloney. I knew you'd say James Maloney. 100%. I heavily considered him. Yeah, and that, the moment that stands out for me is the intercept to Val Holmes. Val Holmes takes it all the way to the house. Yeah. They're standing behind the the trial line, waiting for Queensland to convert, and he's spraying blokes. And I <laughs> could just so imagine good. them standing there going, fucker, you just threw the you intercept. Threw the You're intercept. why we're here. He didn't give a fuck, mate. And, like, and we were winning at that point, and, and the try put Queensland in the lead. Yeah. <laughs> And that's so why he, he is my favourite of all time, and I say it all the time, and it's the guys in rugby league that I respect most, and I said it weeks ago about Reese Walsh. He could make 10 mistakes, and he's fucking ready to make the 11th. Absolutely. Because he yeah. doesn't remember the fuck-ups. He's just on that next play, and that's what made James Maloney so good, and I wish he would have played more Origins for New South Wales. Classic example, we're going to Suncorp tomorrow night. I'm nervous as fuck. Yep. If we had a James Maloney, I'm going, okay. We'll be okay. Might not win, but we'll be okay and we'll hang in there. Man, I, not only do I wish he played more Origin, I just wish he, he was our 5'8". Yeah. Like, he was in and out a bit. Like, he played series here, series there, blah, blah, blah. I think, even though I think Cody Walker probably wasn't given his best chance in Origin, when Cody got dropped after game one in 2019, Maloney came in and he just – and Cleary got injured in game two – and Maloney, Maloney shifted to seven. Wade Graham came on the field, played 5-8, and they just steered us to a huge victory in Perth. And he was great in game three as well. He's he's incredible, James Maloney. I, I wish he was still playing. for the. Uh, hey, oh, I, like, I really have a look do miss him. At his career, Warriors didn't win a comp, but took him to a grand final. Roosters won a comp. Cronulla won a comp. People say, didn't win a comp at Penrith. Look what happened as soon as he walked out the fucking exactly. door. Yep. The Haas haven't lost a grand final. They've lost, sorry. They've been to three grand finals, lost one and won two premierships. Like They're the first Haas pairing to go to three grand finals in a row since Peter Sterling and Brett fucking Kenny. I know, it's ridiculous. Who was second on my list for five eights. Can I, can I have a guess at yours? Yep. New South Welshman, five eight. 
Sean Timmons? No, considered him. Considered, considered him. him? It's not Brett Kenny? Nah. I don't think you'll get him. It's a bit of a, it's a, bit of a roughie, yeah. but you won't be too surprised. Todd Carney. TC. Saw favorites. him the other day down in Canberra. Oh, really? Yeah, he was, he was standing out the front with us after. Um, it's a good-looking bloke, Todd Carney. Um, I've seen heaps worse. Yeah. Most mornings. <laughs> um, he only played one Origin Series in 2012, and obviously 2012 is known as... Was it 2012, was it? Yeah, 2012. Because yeah, right. Sowie, Jamie Soward was 2011. Cooper Cronk, I mean, Cooper Cronk, Todd Carney was 2012. So was he the Sharks by that point? Yeah, he was the Sharks, yeah. And 2013, I think, was Maloney and Pierce. And then 14 was Reynolds. So we kept fucking changing our halves. I wonder if we kept losing. Anyway, wow, we really. And 2010 was a different halves pairing as well. So we had five different halves pairings in five years. God, no wonder we kept losing. It didn't start then, though. Before that, we yeah, were chopping yeah, and changing everywhere. I'd, I'd hate to go back and look through that. Anyway. You're awful. Um, Jared Mullen, Brayton Astor, like, we chopped and changed every year. I know, it's ridiculous. part of Pierce. It was rank. He only played 2012. Mark Gasnier played a game at 5'8". Yeah, I think Jamie Lyon played a game at 5'8". Don't say that name to me. Yeah, I know. I wish, I wish he... I'm glad we didn't mention him. I wish he loved Origin. I wish he. I wish he gave a shit. Yeah, would have been <laughs> mad. Continue. Sorry, Toddy Carney. He's <laughs> he's won Origins. He should have played way more. Obviously, some off field shit kind of hampered his career a little bit. So he probably should have played Origin a bit earlier. Um, he only got one chance in 2012, and he fucking killed it. Yeah. The, like the first game, he didn't get. You know, Queensland one didn't get a chance to do a lot. Game two. And, oh, a fullback that we didn't mention that probably could get on here is Brett Stewart. Yes. But um, he set up two tries in game two. Um, one of them was he made a break from inside his own half, gave it off to Brett Stewart to score one of the, one of the great origin tries. Go look it up. Another, uh, another try assist in that game where he set up Stewart again. And then in game three, now obviously game three is known as that crazy Cooper Cronk field goal. But the Blues were down 20 to 14 at Suncorp Stadium. And Josh Morris scored in the corner and Todd Carney had a kick to tie up the game and he absolutely nailed it. I think Todd Carney had a fucking awesome origin series in 2012. Never got to play again. Um, <laughs> but he, people don't even mention origin when they think of Todd Carney. Yeah. No, I, I agree. Like, yeah. Mm. Great player too. So fuck, he was entertaining. I, mean, I remember, uh, who, oh, it was um, uh, 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 Jackson when, when he came on this show earlier this year. He said, I literally watched Todd Carney highlights before I play. Oh, amazing. Just to get himself excited and ready to go. And I love Jacko, but couldn't be anyone further from Todd Carney. Yeah, for sure. But just absolutely loved the way that he played and just everything about TC. Such an entertainer. Made his mistakes, obviously, and whatnot, but fuck, he could play footy. Absolutely. I think he's playing. I think he's captain coaching uh, Byron Bay up there at the moment, the Red Devils. Yeah, I feel like going off what people say, including like Jerry Croker's comments in the st- at the start, at his 300th game, how he said that even though it sounds funny, he learned how to be a professional through Todd Carney. Like, it just feels like he could be a really good coach. Doesn't TC, like, he just embodies what rugby league is to some extent? He, bloody earth. Like, bloody he, earth. he is rugby league. Yeah. He, yeah. I, like, he's just a larrikin, loves, loves a beer, but just loves footy. Like, he's just, oh, it's such a shame. Such he a shame. He has such a great career anyway. Like, yeah. people would kill for a career like his. But it just could have been so much more. But but that's the whole thing. Like, it could have been so much more. But if TC was 
buttoned up and everything, he wouldn't have been the guy that he was. He yeah. wouldn't have been prepared to take the like. He wouldn't have had his. He he wouldn't have been pre- prepared to take the constant risks that he did and back himself in. If yeah, he didn't exactly have that right. personality. Exactly right. Yeah, it's a great point. That's what makes rugby league so, so interesting. And Cam Munster's the same. He's obviously buttoned things up a little bit more the last few years. But if he wasn't that guy, he wouldn't have the confidence to do. Joey's the same, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Let's yeah. move to Queensland five eight, mate. And um, my guy is Cam Munster. And that might wow. be a little bit controversial. People might go, what do you mean underrated? But, you know, Cam's 20, 28 or 29. Maddie, can you have a look at that? Cam Say that Munster? Again, sorry. Cam Munster, 28 or 29 years old. Sorry, I just, just saw some news that apparently Adokar and Toto are switching wings. Adokar and Toto? Yeah. So we're going to play them on their right, on their correct edges. Yeah, it's not confirmed, but that's what it's looking Wouldn't like. would make sense, but anyway. What was I looking at? Uh, Cam Munster, his age. 28. 28. Cam Munster's 28 years old, yeah? So, you know, with the way that Origin's going, Cam Munster could play till he's 34. Yeah. He's already played 17 Origins. And how many big moments has he had in those 17 Origins? Mm. Like, I don't know, let's pick out the most recent game. Who's there to score the match winner? Who's there to break it open? I'll never forget. It's probably going to haunt me for quite some time. It was about 17 minutes to go and Joey said, geez, Munster's been quiet tonight. Oh. And then he paused and he said, that worries me. <laughs> yeah. And then all of a sudden they get a player sin bin, they're down to 12 and Cam Munster goes, all right, now I'll fuck you up. Yeah. Now I'm going to r- fucking rip you a new asshole. Sets up that try for Hamiso, then scores the try. Obviously that, that try belongs to Lindsay Collins, but yeah. it's just about origin and who's there. who's there in the right He's moment. He's there in the moment, yeah. Who's the guy that's pushing up next to his front row forward in case he jumps over the best fullback in the game? Mm. What are the chances? But yeah. who's there? Go back to 2020, what he did there, unbelievable. I know he's a larrikin. I know that when he has his low moments, they're, they're low, 2018 grand final, et cetera, et cetera, and p- people don't want to let him forget that. But you've got to also remember that Cam Munster made his debut, Game 3, 2017. It's a period for Queensland where everything should have gone to shit. The moment they lose Slater, yep. Smith, Smith, Cronk, Thurston, it should have all gone to shit. Who's been the guy that's held them together the entire time? Not just held them together. He's fucking dominated. He's dominated. Like, this is this is one of the and best... he might bl- be coming into his peak now. Now. This is one of the best Blues teams ever. The best One of the best back lines you've ever seen in rugby league. Yeah. And Cam Munster's stolen series is away from us. And I've said it a number of times. People always laugh and everything. I'm not convinced he's playing his best position either. Yeah, you think he's a fullback. Oh, I still think he could be a great fullback. And I'll tell you what, he's played one origin at fullback. That was game three of the 2019 Origin Series, which is remembered for James Tedesco scoring the match-winning try. I'll give you the hot fucking tip. Teddy wasn't the best fullback on the field that night. Cam Munster absolutely tore it up. Go back and watch that game and just watch Cam Munster and the impact he had on that game. He is an absolute freak money. And I do think that when you look at the history of Origin across 40-odd years, the moments he's had in a short amount of time with so much more to come – I think he's right up there with the absolute greats. He, he'll, he'll, yeah, oh, mate, 100%. He'll finish his career right, right up there in, in, in Origin Legends. Like, you're right. His debut in 2017, that was the game that Smith decided he was going to run. Munster fucking dominated that game. It was his debut up at Suncorp. Yes, 2018, 2019, Blues, but then the 2020 series, is, as we, we all know about it, but something that kind of does get forgotten about that 2020 series. Game one, he's he's incredible down in Adelaide. Game two, the Blues smoke Queensland, but Munster gets knocked out in the first minute. Yep. And then game three, I don't even want to talk about game three. 
and then and then fucking since then he's had his moments as well. He he is I truly get scared whenever he touches the ball for Queensland and he plays really well. Like he plays super well for Melbourne. He's one of the best. I I still consider him top three players in the in the NRL. But a bit like Teddy, and I know, forget that Teddy had a poor game, game one. Teddy, I reckon Teddy's top five games in the NRL, top five rugby league games, three or four are probably State of Origin. He just grows another leg in State of Origin, Cam Munster. And it's like, it's it's one of those times you get jealous of Queenslanders because I wish we had someone like Cam Munster. Yes, we have, we, have, we have Teddy, but I'd love a Cam Munster as well. You know what else helps the legend of Cam Munster is that you know, a, a lot of great rugby league stories, they involve guys coming off the beers, guys coming off hangovers, yeah. guys doing unbelievable things, and it just it build, it builds up moments more. And the reality is that never, ever, ever again will there be a story about a player coming into origin off the back of a bender, yeah. off the back of anything like that, except the year that COVID hits and we have origin at the end of the season straight after Cam Smith wins a premiership and goes nuts and then comes in and does what he did in 2020. I mean, it just sends folklore to another fucking level and nobody else will ever have that opportunity again. I'll give you the hot tip. If anyone else did have that opportunity again, they wouldn't have been able to do what Cam Munster did. 100%. Mate, that 2020 series, as as time goes on, said it a thousand times, it it could be it is right up it will be right up there in one of the most famous origin series like years of all time. Yeah, one hundred percent. All the things that went into it, it was wild. All right, Matty, who have you got as your Queensland six? So, this is where Sean Berrigan comes in for me. And Whew. as we said before, this bloke could have come in pretty much any position on the field. Let me just read you some facts. Two thousand and two. He played the whole Origin Series at 5'8". 2003, he played the whole Origin Series at halfback. 2005, he played the whole Origin Series at centre. 2006 and 2007, he was on the bench. And then, obviously, 2006 in club footy, he did what he did at at nine. So, arguably the most versatile man in the history of the game, definitely right up there. Um, But I guess Queensland was so hard in a couple of the spine positions because all I've seen basically is absolute elite rugby league players in these positions. So had to slot him somewhere, but yeah, Sean Berrigan is my 5'8". I think Sean Berrigan, he's one of those guys, him, Jason Croker, Chris Funner is another one. Every time I open up their Wikipedia or something about them, I learn something new. <laughs> or I find another fact that I'm just like, what the fuck? They played there. And then the next year they played this position and achieved this. It's, it's incredible. And Sean Berrigan... Is an absolute cracker. I reckon he has got a feature in 70% of the off-season episodes. Oh, yeah. We, he's definitely our most brought-up player for sure. He's a classic you and me talk at the pub at 2 a.m., Sean Merrigan. Yeah, 100%. Absolute cracker. What a player he was. Um, Matty, if I, if I put it to you and I said, what was Sean Merrigan's best position? I was just about to ask you that. I don't know. I'd... God. Oh, I, I think I'd go with Hooker. Yeah. I think Hooker would be my shout, but I think... I actually think center would probably be his next best position. I yeah. thought as a center, he was unreal. I'm probably with hit hooker. I mean, he did win the Clive there, mm. didn't he? Yeah, he did. Yeah. So far out. He was just so versatile. So and versatile. Just so good at every, at all those positions as well. Yeah. Like he couldn't just do a job. Like he was great at so many positions. Yeah. And I, I look at like probably the best utility I think I've seen that was an out and out in utility is probably Craig Wing. Yeah. But I mean, if you're looking for 
I mean, geez, would the impact that Sean Berrigan had on a game be that much different to Craig Wing and he could realistically play centre, fullback? Mm. Like he could play, he could, he, I reckon he could cover more positions than Craig Wing could. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Sean Berrigan, one of the all-time grades. That's a cracking shout. And uh, I had I had him written down as a potential centre, <laughs> potential 5'8", and a potential hooker. Crazy. And you could have had him as a halfback too, Yeah. to be fair. Great player. All right, let's move to halfbacks, mate. Um, yeah. I'm going to turn the tide a little bit. I'm going to start with my Queensland halfback. Okay. Uh, he's a guy that has only – he only played five games of origin, uh, won three of them, and this scored the one try in state of origin. And uh, he came along just as – well, he actually, he played the 2004 series. He was the halfback for the Queensland Maroons in the 2004 series. So just before – your Thurston's, your Cronks, all these guys sort of pop up and start to take over. He then played a couple of games in 2008. So not a stack of origins, but, mate, Scott Prince, uh, another one of our absolute favourites on this panel, a tremendously talented player. I noticed the other day, I might get it up whilst we're sitting here, Sean Johnson named his greatest touch football six of all time on the Warriors page. Yep. And I was so happy to see Scott Prince get a feature in it. So he had Josh Adokar, Kalen Ponga, Benji Marshall, Tomato Martin, interestingly enough, and Scott Prince, uh, a tremendous player, Princey. I'm pretty sure Scotty, by the way, Scotty Prince was my halfback as well. Oh, so was he we've got, we've got nah. the same one. Um, I actually suspected that we'd have the same one yeah. for that one. He's, he's a pretty obvious underrated origin player and just just a victim of unfortunate timing. Um, a bit like Stuart McGill, Shane Warne type areas. Yes, where 100%. He's just, he's so, so elite. And he'd walk into most, a lot, a lot of teams in a lot of areas, but just that eight in a row team, you just, you just can't get a start. And but, I mean, um, even when you think about other halfbacks, like Sean Berrigan probably would have been my next one. Maybe Adrian Lamb after that on this list, but yeah. Princey for me is the standout. Yeah, for sure. hundred percent. Um, I'm pretty sure touch footy, I'm pretty sure he played what, like long after he retired. I think he's still playing up he's there. Still playing, yeah. And carving too. He might have been, I could be wrong, he could have been an ambassador for TRL as well, maybe, touch rugby league. It was. If it know. wasn't TRL, it was one of the other ones. Yeah, was, yeah I don't know, something. Yeah, but what what a great player he was. Yeah, and, and when you get to watch some of those touch highlights, if you can get your paws on them, I think he puts them on his page sometimes. He has not lost a beat. Yeah. If yeah. it, like he it, still looks, he look, he looks like he can still play NRL. It's wild when you see guys, and obviously, like it's at a different level, and it's hard to compare. But when you watch a guy like Scott Prince, he's obviously got older and older and older, but he understands the game more and more and more. And whilst he slowed down, you can just see that everything the whole the game has slowed down for Scott Prince even yeah. more. Like the few times I've been able to watch um, Cliffy Lyons play Oztag, he's barely out of a shuffle. Yeah. But he is just fucking with everyone. Yeah, of course. It is unreal. It is so good to see when you see an, like a legend like that. And whilst most people probably wouldn't put Scott Prince in the legend category, played for the Kangaroos, played for Australia, Clive Churchill medalist, premiership winner, led the most unbelievable premiership of all time. Yeah, right up there, if not definitely. Like I think there's and a was fair easily, arg- the, easily like the best player that year for them. Oh, without a doubt. I think yeah. there's a really fair argument that when you look at like premiership winning sides and who was their MVP, geez, you'd, you'd, I think you'd really struggle to find a more valuable player than what Scott Prince was to that Tiger for side. For sure. Everyone wants to talk about Benji and fair enough. He was a freak and he had that moment, but Scott Prince had his hands all over that season. Prince's team. And I mean, yeah. you go through other premierships, you have a look around, like most of them include two or three absolute stars. Every Melbourne premiership, obviously you got the big three. Even you go back to Joey's premiership, 
premierships. Like you've obviously got Danny Medeiros, Robbie O'Davis, these sort of guys. When you look at Scott Prince's, like people forget that Robbie Farrell was a 20-year-old. Benji Marshall was a 19-year-old. Mm. Brett Hodgson was his other main guy, realistically. He's not remembered as an out-and-out, you know, legend sort of thing. So I think Princey holds a very special place in rugby league history. And obviously, you know, him, Preston, Luke Bailey, the foundation members of the Gold Coast Titans. Yep. Um, and I think for a lot of people, and I don't know, maybe I'm the one out here, but when I think Titans, I still think Scott Prince. I think Scott Prince, Matt Rogers. Yeah. I, I think of like a lot of those, that 07 to 10, 11 era. Like just the, the Jet Star with the... Oh, yeah. the Jet Star jersey. Stop the best. How good. And, you know, the Gold Coast Titans is a new franchise coming in. Like, you look at what the Dolphins have done so far this year and how incredible it's in, how amazing it's been. They're sitting 10th on the ladder. Scott Prince had the Gold Coast Titans to a top four finish, a game away from a grand final within three years. Oh, seven, eight, four years. Four years. Yeah. Unbelievable. Crazy. He played about, he played 300 games, I'm pretty sure. I think Prince he played he? about 16, 17 seasons. Yeah, yeah, he would have. And you know what's crazy about Scott Prince? Can you ever, oh, actually, I've got to hear how many games he played. I think he did get to 300. Yeah. He got to 300 on the dot. Oh, there you go. And you got to remember with Prince, he is, I think that by the time he was 23, he had three broken legs. Yeah. So he missed out on a lot of footy early when he was up at the North Queensland Cowboys. That, um, yeah, he could have played a lot more footy than what he did, Prince, and he still played a fuckload. Yeah. I think so. his, his early Broncos years were pretty depleted as well just yeah. before he went to the Tigers. 100%. Yeah. yeah. Tough gig. Um, all right. You got a New South Wales halfback for me? Yes. I don't remember who. Oh, yeah. Pierce. Mitchell Pierce. Um, Interesting. The most, the biggest, the new, biggest New South Wales, most unfair whipping boy in the history of rugby league, I reckon. Like, you know, thrown into the Wolves pretty early <laughs> in his career. This was the most obvious pick for me. Thrown into the Wolves, you know, as a re really young and, Definitely, by his own admission, was thrown in too early. A bit like how Jared Mullen was as well. Um, but he had to play against the best rugby league team we've ever seen, like, time and time again. And, yeah, like, some games didn't play well, but no one gives him credit for any of the games that he did play well. Really unfortunate. Like, you know, I think he – Blues fans, as we know, are very – impatient and want to get rid of people pretty quickly but i guess when pierce was the halfback in 2010 11 12 and 13 i'm pretty sure um uh yeah oh sorry like a little bit in 20 2011 then became a real regular uh in 2010 became a real regular in 2011 and then wasn't in the team for 2014 when we won then came back in 2015 when we lost like it was you know obviously some off-field shit I think was the reason he didn't play in 2014. Um, but I'm sure he would have done a fine job there and probably would have helped us win the series. Like, obviously you can't say that, especially when Hawkinson scored the try, but I don't know. It was, I think whenever you think Mitchell Pierce, Blues fans just think, oh, he was a halfback that, you know, didn't win us anything. But yeah. he was up against the best team of all time. And I think he was highly underrated. Uh, maybe not underrated, but like just unfairly treated. Yeah, I think PC uh, copped the rough end of the stick. I think he was selected before he was ready. Oh, that's no doubt. And he's admitted that. Yeah, and I think that they had probably too much belief in Mitchell too early yeah. as well. Um, and I do feel sorry for PC that not only did he go up against the greatest side ever, but he didn't 
he didn't have an opportunity to come into Origin under Freddie, under Joey, under one of these guys who could pass true knowledge and experience yeah, exactly, onto yeah. him. Yeah, he didn't have the hooker either. Uh, realistically, he didn't have the consistent fullback either. So I did feel really sorry for Piercy, and I personally think that. Probably when Pierce got to Newcastle was the only time I ever thought, okay, now he's ready to be a halfback. Yeah. I always thought he was a five eight, and I always thought he'd made a bloody good thirteen. Yeah, up until then. So I, I personally never thought that when Mitchell Pierce was in charge of that New South Wales side that he was a halfback, um, and I also thought that was evident in Clubland that um, he needed guys like Todd Carney or he needed guys like James Maloney to take control of those sides. Uh, so I do feel really sorry for Pierce in that regard. And I, I look at him now and I go, fuck, I reckon he'd be such a good signing for so many clubs. Yeah, I agree. Because now he's got that maturity that um, he just wasn't ready for. Like, he, he just he wasn't ready to be a, an origin halfback for the vast majority of the time they picked him. And then when he did get his opportunity back in 2020, he did really well, I thought. Yeah, well, he... 2019. 19, he, he sorry, threw yes. the um. He threw one of the important passes in that in that final try, and I, I'm so glad he got to have his his moment. He was front page of the newspaper the next day. I guess as well, like Piercy, like had a lot of good a- attributes. Maybe long kicking wasn't his strongest thing, but he was expected <laughs> to be Andrew Johns or Nathan Cleary or Adam Reynolds when Billy Slater was at the back, and yep. we didn't see much of like Joey versus someone like Slater, but. Slater could get anywhere on the field at any time. So, you know, and obviously that put Queensland on the front foot for, for that was one of the huge reasons they were so good that Slater was just able to start every set off by getting to the ball in the full. And I think he was, people expected too much of him in that respect as well. Like you got to cut, sure. you got to cut him a little bit of slack where, you know, anyway. And for I'd, sure. I think that with PSC too, like you've got to just appreciate that like, as much as he made errors, as much as he made poor decisions during that period, like, it was never through, like, a lack of trying. Yeah, exactly. Like, Pierce was a fucking goer, a mad defender. He went out the game. He had a good running game, which is why I always thought he'd be a hectic 13, just to be able to chime in here and there instead of having to carry a team on his shoulders. Yeah, I, I feel like as much as, you know, you, you're selected to play halfback and, you you know, it's your responsibility and all that, I do think that Pierce was poorly utilised at a lot of times throughout his career. Yeah, totally agree. At, at points in his career where he wasn't ready, nor are the vast majority of footballers, but they're not thrown in the deep end like Piercy. Yep. So, yeah, really good shout there. My New South Wales seven, I had two guys that I wrote down here, and I'm happy to go down either avenue. The first one would be Jeff Tuvey. Yeah, I thought about him too. Absolutely love Tubes. Obviously played a bit of nine in the State of Origin arena, uh, but was a fantastic seven, tough as nails. The other one, mate, who I think that his origin career is summed up by one moment, um, the unfortunate intercept to, Brett, uh, to Matty Bowen. Another another one I thought about, yeah. Yeah, but Brett Kamali, I I, I think Brett Kamali is so slept on as a footballer, just how good he was. And, um, you know, he obviously, you know, took well, – wasn't able to win a premiership with with that great Sharks team he has. He had uh, – took Canterbury pretty deep, wasn't able to get it done, but – Mate, a guy that went down to absolute rugby league wilderness in Melbourne, mm. um, you know, arrived there as, you know, played a couple of games up there for the Hunter Mariners, you know, unwanted realistically, arrives down there at Melbourne with his Hunter Mariners teammate, Scott Hill, uh, and they managed to win a premiership for the Melbourne Storm in their second year in the competition. Yeah. And he was the Clive Churchill medalist, um, you know, 
we've spoken about, you know, you would never ever mention Andrew Johns in this podcast because he's, you know, one of, if not the greatest player of all time. Definitely, in my opinion, the best Blues player we've ever had. And he was shifted to nine to fourteen in order to get Brett Kamali into the side. And so. that's and that's what defines it. They needed Kamali in the side, and maybe Joey was the better halfback, but they needed them both in the side, so they just fit them both in to accommodate both of them, which shows so much for Brett Kamali. One thing about Brett Kamali that I'll never forget in the way that he played his game, which was a little bit different to most halfbacks, is that most halfbacks, and Jonathan Thurston was a master at it, where he'd get the ball from 40 metres out and he'd, he'd, he'd kick over the front line. It was sort of like a chip, but it was like a 40-metre chip and it had just sort of always dribble into the goals and sit. And Brett Kamali is very similar. The difference was Brett Kamali, and I, I personally think at times he made rugby league harder than what it needed to be, but he was so good at doing this. You watch the way that Brett Kamali used to kick. He used to actually kick through the line. Mm. He wouldn't kick over it. He kicked through the line, which is at pace and at everything is incredibly hard to do. But then you go back and you have a look at Brett Kamali's game and you watch all of his kicks. They were all like that. Very, very rarely was he ever charged down. And I reckon if you made other guys kick the way that he did, it'd be fucking carnage. Yeah. He was a freak at being able to do that. Once again, probably made it harder than what it needed to be. But that's the sort of skill set that Brett Kamali had, that if you're a fullback, you would never get a running start on the football. It would always dribble down to you. He would always have total control of it. Very underrated little skill set that is honestly almost too hard for other guys to pull off. So you don't see it very often. Mm. But Kamali was a freak at it. Yeah, yeah, totally agreed. And um, I guess as well, he was the he was the halfback in the 2000 record-breaking series. Yep. And then... There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. I think I'm trying to remember. Didn't he come back really late as well? Yeah, I think he might have had a what? Well, when, when was the intercept? That was over. That was over five or a six. What do you, do you reckon he came back after that for an origin? He might have. Wait, I'll get it up. Yeah, because he was playing for. Um, I remember he came back when he played for the Dogs. Yeah, I, I thought he actually did come back for uh, a game or two there. So he only played ten origins. He came back in 2009 for game three and 2010 yep. for game one. Yeah, and even even the. Because the intercept was, yeah, 2005. He even came back. He was there in 2007 as well. So he had four origins after that intercept. Man, apparently he, like, <laughs> apparently he didn't throw left, uh, right to left for the rest of that year for the Sharks. That would have been devastating. So rough. And, yeah, you're right. Like, you have a look at his record. Debuted game one of 2001. All three games at halfback for the New South Wales Blues in a team featuring Freddie and Joey, and yeah. he was the halfback. And they, and they fucking whipped him. Yeah, they absolutely gave him. it to him. And then you look from that point on, I think he's gone uh, two from seven wins after that. So yeah. very tough on BK, some big moments there, some very close games. But I, I will still always regard him as a top shelf. 100%. Quality player, forever yeah. underrated. All right. Especially that, that early 2000s era as well. Yeah, insane. Yeah. yeah. Wild. Part two of this chat where myself and Maddie the Waterboy take a deep dive into the most underrated forwards of all time will be the next podcast available on your stream coming a little bit later this morning.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.